It's a phrase from popular movies. It's also a question that comes up in our daily life. The question is, is that even legal? We talk about the things that drive you crazy, the things you won't believe, and the things you need to know and understand. I'm attorney Bob Sewell, and this is the podcast, Is That Even Legal? Let's get started. Joining us today is Romaine Marshall. He is a cybersecurity lawyer at the Posanelli Law Firm, which is a national law firm that has recently opened a law office in Utah, and that is where he offices from, is from Utah. He helps organizations protect their data from cybersecurity incidents and data privacy violations. He's represented organizations in hundreds of cases involving data breaches, malware attacks, digital asset fraud, and other exploits. And he's also raising a teenager right now, which makes him, uh, frankly, it's going to add some gray hair to you, okay? I I, I have experience with this. So um, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you, Robert. It's great to be here. Why I brought you on the show today is specifically to talk about Utah's new social media law. Now, we all can agree that social media can be pernicious among us all, adults, young, it can be pernicious. It can damage our mental health. Even social media data has said this, their own research. And Utah has taken a step a step to try to protect those who are under the age of 18. What have they done? Thanks, Bob. So what they've, they've, they've actually passed legislation, uh, two sets of legislation. One uh, is referred to right now as SB 152, which requires social media companies to verify the age of any Utah resident with an account on on their services. And those that are under the age of 18 will have to get a parent or guardian's permission to sign up for that account and to access it between the hours of 10.30 p.m. and 6.30 a.m. and to to access it all between those hours and have social media companies advertise to collect data from them. That's... That's just the first one. The second bill, uh, SB 311, requires social media companies to ensure that they are not designed to cause minors to become addicted to them. Uh, Well, okay. All right. Look, I I commend the state of Utah for giving giving this a a very – interesting twist, you know, to a real problem. And they're trying to get creative. I commend them. I, I see problems. I want I want there to be success in this process. I want there to be helpful to helpful issues coming out of this for teenagers, but I see problems here. Now, to their credit, the, when I join a social media platform, anyone joins, I call it the contract in a box or the contract in a click, as you will. And you click and you're contracting and you're being bound and you're saying that you agree to certain terms and conditions. And frankly, to ask a 14-year-old to agree to those terms and conditions, you know, 30 pages long is a joke. And it's reprehensible that, that social media companies even try it. 
but they do it. And we've all agreed every single time we did the click the contract and a click. And but what what problems are you seeing with this legislation? Um well it's still thankfully early days, and each of these pieces of legislation will go through over the next 12 months a kind of vetting process to just sort out how these are going to be enforced and how they're going to be regulated. The particular details around those aspects of this legislation. So there's there's time and there's going to be room to iron out details. But for me right now, some of the some of the main problems uh, are going to be. I get that they're trying to address what's been referred to as a mental health crisis, um, but some would consider th- them trying to address that through these two bills as doing so with a sledgehammer rather than surgically or with some kind of some type of some type of um, velvet glove and and part of the reason part of the um rationale for that view is privacy experts believe that having to disclose more about your age um and and your your status and life is actually going to harm them because there's more to be stolen or more to okay. be used by social media platforms. Free speech advocates will have a problem with these bills because they will claim that it restricts the ability of certain users, those under the age of 18, to um, to express themselves. Yeah. There's 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 been research that shows certain um certain youth use platforms to um to to build confidence to to actually join affinity groups that help them through some of the struggles they're experiencing so that's that's the kind of that's those are the two main themes i'm seeing from those types of people Let's address the the first issue. The first issue is that that you're seeing there's a potential to cause more disclosure of private information, and and so while the the teen would potentially be restricted from using it, assuming that they could come up with a system that would actually work, where yeah. parents would actually give approval, assuming that. Uh, the teenagers aren't just going to figure out a way to click the right button to get parent approval, right? Yeah. Um, but but there may it may become a, a issue of privacy where now we all know that this person's a teenager and other in- instances. What's going on with that thought process? Yeah, I, I think what will be required um, by the by the social media platforms is. Is, is much stronger verification processes of who it is they're dealing with. Right now, I think in a lot of situations, you can you can fake your age. Yeah. Uh, you can say you're part of a range uh, when you're not, age range when you're not, and then it just moves you through to being able to use it. Yes, there are terms of service that say you agree that everything here is truthful, 
but there's really no follow-up or recourse for that. Um, what will be required by the social media platforms here is they've got to not just verify that they've got to have a system whereby the users are who they say they are. And privacy experts say the internet is democratizes things by enabling users to not have to say who they are. And as part of who they are, not have to say how old they are. And, yeah. and privacy advocates would say, when you have to disclose your age, it doesn't stop there. That social media platforms just take the disclosure of your age and, and make decisions or use algorithms that make uh, decisions for people under age that they don't even know about. So it opens up this Pandora's box of just gaining access to other things about the user. The privacy advocates say they shouldn't have to disclose that. That's going to do more harm than good. Is that an issue that can be resolved by Utah in the rulemaking process? I think you talked about this, got to go through some reviews. I'm assuming we're going to see some rulemaking on the administrative side. Is that something that um, that is going could be addressed by Utah? Yeah, I think so. There's certainly time for that between now and this time next year when it will actually go into effect and start being enforced. Um, I, right now, the 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 little bit of um, um, non-support against these bills by social media platforms has has been. Has, has has not been an attempt to reach across and form a compromise. The, their, their attempts have been more along the lines of we as a business shouldn't have to be, shouldn't be required to do this because it actually interferes with our ability to operate properly, interferes with our ability to make money, which we are entitled to do, and, and other sorts of business considerations like that. But you know, regulation is often good for changing the behavior of corporations, changing corporate cultures. And if if the social media companies, especially those main ones that are clearly making a lot of money from users, um, they can spend some of that to, to come up with other ways to, to verify who the users are and then have that kept private and secure. You know, one of the things that I find so interesting about social media companies is that they have failed to 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 act properly. They have taken their bottom line and only considered their bottom line in so many circumstances. And they would disagree with me, but the evidence says otherwise. And for example, through Section 230 of the federal code, they can be immune from lawsuits so that the speaker of the of uh some nasty words or 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 deflammatory words or tortious words the speaker is the speaker and the platform has nothing to do with it even though the platform is hosting it and if you think about a this in the in the child welfare context where um, some kids have been 
subjected to cyberbullying, and that's led to that's led to uh, their suicides and self harm and and other negative consequences and and violence generally. If if a storefront was saying, "Hey, come and let's uh, mock each other in person," uh, as a business model, that, that store would be shut down, right? I mean, we would shut them down as a public nuisance. But in social media context, it's, "Hey, um, we're going to give this a free pass." So, I kind of feel like they're getting what they what they're getting what they deserve. But I also feel like this is not going to work. Give me your thoughts on this. Yeah, uh, Governor Cox, you know, he cited he cited actual research supporting this idea that um, this is a mental health crisis, that teen suicide, depression, low self-esteem has is at the highest point it's ever been. And that social media exacerbates that. I haven't read reports saying that social media causes it. And and I've noticed that the the proponents of these bills have been quite careful when using their words around why social media needs to be curtailed and its use needs to be monitored. They They don't necessarily say it's social media's fault. They say social media is exacerbating just the normal sure. things that they're going through. And so I I, I think uh, Governor Cox, well, I know Governor Cox has more or less said enough is enough. And social media companies and federal government have acted too slowly to just address some of the unintended consequences, certainly unintended, of the social media platforms. You mentioned one of the obvious flaws with this legislation, and that's the First Amendment issues, right? Teenagers have First Amendment rights. They don't check their First Amendment rights at the door ever, right? When none of us do. Um, They even have some First Amendment rights in schools. They could come out and protest. And so when we start to think about social media, which is the ultimate platform for protest, right? I mean, we talk about keyboard warriors in almost a comical sense, but the fact is social media is where the revolution starts in so many cases. And now we have a situation where we're limiting a teenager's access to free speech. Yeah. Can this be fixed in regulation? And the re- and the and the rulemaking process. Yeah, in in a, in a constitutional law context, they refer to what you've described as a chilling <laughs> effect, a chilling <laughs> effect on free speech. You know, and, and the way that in the traditional context that has been um, worked around is there have been places created, let's say, within a town square, where anyone can say anything they want to mm-hmm. anyone who walks through that 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 town square and and perhaps there's going to be a corollary to that type of physical analogy in this digital context that the 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 compromise might be in a year's time that in this in, in this in the statute there's still going to be a place 
for users to be able to not have to get consent from parents. Let's say, for example, if parents are abusing them physically, emotionally, or mentally, they and the and the teenager, the underage person needs help in that type of context. Perhaps there'll be a compromise or a place where they can seek help still. But just to have carte blanche access to any social media site, those those days are gone. Uh yeah. at, at least in Utah. And so the compromise will have to be there still got to be a safe place without the consent that um the people under the age under age of 18 should be able to get. And I think I think that will be built into this by within the next year somehow. Romaine, one of the reasons why I wanted you on was was is because you are a national privacy expert. And as such, you will have more intimate knowledge about what's on the horizon. What is nine at your brain right now as far as privacy issues that you want to see addressed? Yeah, so 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 my my work falls into three categories under the broad one word, one four-letter word data. And and it's data innovation, privacy, and security. My practice areas all revolve around those three things. On the security side, my big emphasis and concern, frankly, is, is ensuring that owners and operators of critical infrastructure are able to keep pace with the new regulations that are coming specific to their sectors in the last year and then the next year or two going forward. Mm-hmm. This, earlier this month, uh, President Biden issued the National Cybersecurity uh, Strategy, the NCS. It's been hot, been wait, we've been waiting for it for months. Some would say years. And in that cybersecurity strategy, there are five pillars and five ways that the government is promoting how we as a nation are going to be securing our infrastructure better. And it gets specific um, about critical infrastructure. And critical infrastructure comprises 16 different industries. And each of those industries is getting its own laws, regulations, and industry standards as a result of the strategy and then as a result of just the the surge in cyber attacks and how it's become a national security issue, not just an issue that is important for for businesses that collect user data. So for years now, we've been worried about the letters we get in the mail that say we regret to inform you that your information may have been compromised. And those letters come to our letterbox by virtue of each state having its own data breach notification statute. And in that statute, it says, okay, if you've collected people's information and someone's stolen it, you got to tell them. So we've been dealing with that for over a decade. For the next three to five years, we will start to deal more with not just how inconvenient cybersecurity attacks are on our personal information, because we get these letters from the hotels, the restaurants, our favorite retailers, but more to do with the availability 
of technology. So we're starting to see more attacks on electrical grids, oil and gas pipelines, hospitals, dams, water and wastewater treatment facilities, transportation, information services, um, state and local governments, all of these sectors, which comprise 16, and then hundreds of subsectors, are getting their own sets of laws. And the, the, the fight we've been a part of as just as users for the last five to 10 years, or even longer, it's going to become more um, of a national security issue rather than just a consumer hassle that we're experiencing through what we what accounts we have online. This is such important work, such important work. I mean, we think about just from a consumer standpoint, everyone who has any information has been breached at least once. Yeah. And it's out there. I mean, it, 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 it's such a joke. There's so many breaches. But but from a national a national uh, you know security standpoint, from a personal security standpoint, it's so important. So keep up the good fight. And I really hope we could have you on to talk about more of these issues. I know you have your own presentation. You are a, a, a sought after expert. I know you have your own presentation coming up very soon. So I got to let you go. But I want you to want you to come on again, talk about. Um, rulemaking process that has happened with this Utah law and other cybersecurity issues. I'm looking forward to talking to you. I'd, I'd love to do that, Bob. Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to Is That Even Legal? Remember, this isn't legal advice. If you have a legal question for yourself, reach out to an attorney. Remember that we're fun, we're lovable, and we are here to help you. To my listeners in 62 countries across the world, if you have something you want to explore, email us at producer at evenlegal.com. And don't be shy about leaving a review for this podcast on your favorite podcast forum. See you next time.